Welcome back to another episode of What About Dad? My name is Adara, and with the help of my friend Jen, we'll be going over Supergirl episode 222, the finale. Nevertheless, she persisted. So sit back, relax, and ask yourself, hey, what about that? Alrighty, here, look, let's go with this synopsis. You know how it goes, guys. Supergirl Melissa Benoist challenges Rhea, guest starring Terry Hatcher, to a battle to save National City. Meanwhile, Superman, guest starring Tyler Hochulin, <laughs> sorry about that, uh, Tyler, if you're listening, uh, returns, and Cat Grant, guest starring Costa Flockhart, offers Supergirl some sage advice. Glenn Winter directed the episode with a story by Andrew Cressiberg uh, and Jessica Querier. And the teleplay is by Robert uh, Rovner and Caitlin Parrish. We got all kinds of people working on this. You guys, we're super excited. Yes, we just made 100 subscribers. Woo woo. Thanks, guys. Jen, are you excited about it? I'm so excited. I am <laughs> having a special end of Supergirl finale drink today on the podcast. It is Bourbon Barrel Stout, Kentucky. And um, it's in honor of Lena and Rhea. Pour a little out for my fallen homies. Because, <laughs> you know, like we talk about it, we just want to sit and drink with Lena and Rhea in some power pantsuit nation. Power pantsuits. <laughs> so there's Jed drinking it up. Uh, once again, guys, we are doing a bi-coastal <laughs> cast for you because I'm in California and Jen is in New York and we don't have that much time and... All this drama, because I'm doing a wedding, guys. So just, you know, sorry for the late delay and on uh, the cast. not getting married. She's just doing a wedding. <laughs> hey, always a bridesmaid. Anyways. <laughs> it's all good. Speaking of people not getting married, Manel and Cara. But that's besides the oh, point. <laughs> speaking of people not getting married, Manel and Lena. Speaking of people not getting married, it just keeps going. <laughs> it keeps going longer and longer. <laughs> Speaking of people who might get married, Maggie and uh, Alex, there's oh a lot going God. on in this episode, guys. By the way, if you haven't seen it, where have you been? It's already been like a week. Uh, so just know there's spoilers and don't get butthurt about it. But we love you there anyways. Were, there were a lot of spoilers. I tried to stay away from them online. But can I just say, I, I did the promo. I did the promo by myself. I was so nervous. I'm like, Dad. And... I'm so proud because you're the better TV predictor, but I think I did a really good job of predicting all the major storylines that were going to happen without going to the internet and Googling up the spoilers and staying off Twitter because, oh my gosh, Twitter blew the fuck Twitter's up. the worst. <laughs> it's like Twitter is the worst. By the worst. way, you guys, you can tweet us at any time. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What about By underscore way, dad? We love it. I don't Twitter, hate yeah. it. <laughs> I totally want to have a conversation with you guys more often. All right, yeah. so let's get into this finale. Dun, dun, dun. Season two in the can, as they say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. Like, not, I'm, I'm sad that it's over. This has been Jen so much fun. Jen is clutching her pearls, grabbing her I ankles, am. and screaming like a little schoolgirl. She's excited about it. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons, of course. Like, oh, absolutely. This, this show is just like the best with that. Yes. You're like, I had such a great time, but not for the reasons that they wrote. <laughs> yeah, so th because this is the finale, I think I'm going to go a little harder on my review, you know, amp up my critiques today. Uh -oh. uh, so I know more harder than <laughs> more harsh than we already are than ever before. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us? Okay. Well, I would like to say that 
to start off, I think this story, this episode, really had three storylines. You had Kara and her uh, Rhea show, showdown. You had Kara and her in relation to Superman, and you had Kara in relation to, to Monel. But then it also had all the other cast members in the episode, and I, I felt like really what it, it didn't give enough for all these characters and all their storylines coming together closure to all the sub characters like they were literally just background and did not have that much to do so i'm going to really today speak to the three main story parts and then go into the smaller pieces because i feel like this season finale left so many threads open in terms of storyline and plot. See, Did I thought, you agree? I, I don't, actually. I, I think they closed up certain things, but left things slightly hinged open so that we had an idea of where we're going season three. Um, I thought they gave a lot of, not clues necessarily, but subtle hints that things were going to happen that we might not have been expecting. We have new enemies. We have possible Cat Grant coming back. We have possible Jimmy going away. We have possible wedding we have a possible arc with that idea and sibling dynamics we have john jones the martians they have their arc so there are things that got i think nicely wrapped up on purpose like things that you know everybody got a happen ending except they for Kara closure too, on yeah. on purpose because they want to leave it half op- like kind of open-ended where it's like everybody appears happy everything seemed good except for car at the end but that actually, I am 100%, sorry, don't mean to skip into a prediction, is not going to be the case season three. So I'm very excited about that. But, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think that they did, but they were being very sneaky, which is not usual for the Supergirl writers. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just felt like in terms of threads, they laid so many little spots throughout the season that never really got resolved. Oh, or yeah. maybe never really had a culminating ending. You know, we discovered, we discovered, no, we discovered the um, presence in Alien, but that never crescendoed into anything. You know, we discovered that Lena and uh, Monel had a hair switch, and that never crescendoed into a baby, you know? So it's just like, there's a lot of little things that I felt like, or we also learned that Jimmy was feeling some inhibitions about his new alias, you know? And I felt like none of those little gems really amassed into this larger finale like at the end I just felt like there should have been like all these like I said before in the last podcast a lot of moving pieces a lot of ideas that were starting to be kind of become smoke into fire and then at the very end it just none of it was relevant so we witnessed a lot of stuff we witnessed a lot of stuff that I feel like going into season three we're going to have to have some closure with but um as, what's your question? I was going to... Well, no, I was going to just say, um, were you expecting pretty much a fresh start for season three as far as, like, we're going to close out this crap of a, a, a shit of a second season and be done with it and then move forward? Because, like, sorry to burst all you Carmel shippers' hearts and all the Supercorp shippers. Monel is coming back. Chris Woods has been scheduled to be in the third season. My thing that I worry about is... Uh, Floriana Lima has not been, at least not from my knowledge, officially brought in for season three as a regular. Well, I, I, as far as Chris Woods, it, as far as Chris, Chris Woods being scheduled, you know, he was mentioned in a summary for season three. 
but as far as season three being planned, it was the creator Andrew Kraisberg. He 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 went he went online and said that he hasn't even started planning season three, and that they're going to have a two week break, and then they're going to start working on season three right now. So I just feel like. I feel like anything can happen. I know that the writers are going to probably take a really hard look at themselves. This is kind of like <laughs> when you when you look at what you've created and see where you can go, what were the bright spots, and take that into account. Because truly, these kind of shows are like a relations between base, writers, producers. It's kind of, it's such a small show that the, the writers really do have to listen to their base. Otherwise, you're going to find yourselves having a lack of communication and completely losing your following. So yeah. I just feel like, I feel like, you know, he may have been in a summary, but we don't know to the extent. Like, if I were going to bring him back at all, I'd only bring him back as a recurring character, knowing what I know about his reception to the show right now and all of the reviews. And I would take this into consideration if I were this producer-creator-showrunner. If I want to have the best show possible, I really, really got to listen to what my audience is uh responding to you know oh no absolutely and i mean i 100 percent believe that when he comes back it's going to be as valor the dude got sucked into a wormhole okay so chances are he's going to another earth he's going to another platform to become valor because once again time dimension time travel he might be in a different actual time spot in history so he might go off become valor because the whole thing is i'm coming back to be a better man or i want to be a better man or whatever the hell he said and then whenever he does arrive season three it might be something to that effect because once again kids in the comic books supergirl and him have a history of dating but they're on and off again which is probably going to be the same as this season anywho uh cara well i was was just gonna say about that um i wanted to what about that into there oh my god (laughs) Welcome to the party, Jim. So hey. <laughs> now, I was gonna say, like, my only concern for the the whole Valor Legion storyline is uh, this idea that Manel kind of came into Kara's story and then like overpowered her, and in terms of overpowering her, just became you know the main story arc without too much substance. And there was a lot of complaints saying like, this is the Supergirl show; it should be about Supergirl, and we've shifted our focus. So my only concern is if the CW is so, you know, gearing to create a larger Arrowverse, you know, using Supergirl as a platform to create a larger Arrow, another Arrowverse show, Legion, you know, and suddenly you have all these sub characters coming in and out who are going to eventually become their own Legion show. And then really using Supergirl as a medium platform to grow that, that right there could be kind of like the Manal situation even imploded to a larger extent. You know, they have this idea of creating these shows that exist in the same universe. And what we really need to do with Supergirl is refocus on all the things that made it great. We need to make Supergirl great again. Which I think, you know, honestly, I think this episode really did focus on that. We, all the pieces were working around Supergirl, which was great. Yeah, they had the Monel moment, but once again, it was propelling her story arc. Um, how we had said in the top things we wanted to see for season three, we said we wanted to see Supergirl being Supergirl again. We wanted to see everybody's dynamic circling, orbiting around her, if you will, and not putting themselves necessarily at the for- forefront. Now, I know people might go, oh, well, the Magan Martian story or the um, Sanvers story. At the end of the day, all of those relationships are still going to have to affect Kara and be around Kara, which 
in this episode, I think, showcased that. Cat Grant is going to circle around Kara. Uh, Jimmy's thing is going to circle around Kara. All right, um, you said you want to talk about Kara and um, who first? Uh, I think we should talk about Kara and Manel first because okay. that's like the big story. You know, it was about this, the, this whole season was about how this character who was like her entered her life, first became her, she was a mentor, and then they became lovers. And this is supposed to be like the love of her life. And so at the end of the season, you know, how did it feel to see him leaving? Were the emotional stakes there? Had they been developed enough to feel uh, that it was give, uh, it was a righteous sending off, you know, to feel that we as an audience were invested in that relationship enough that when they parted, you know, my heart's breaking. <laughs> I mean, honestly. With that said, I giggle. <laughs> no, exactly. I actually don't think they did at all. I, You know what I was sad about? And I think a lot of reactors who saw this, not a lot of people were sad that Monel was leaving. Let me rephrase that. Nobody was sad that Monel was leaving, even Carmel Shippers. They keep saying, oh, my God, Monel, I'm going to be so sad. You're not sad for Monel leaving. You're sad that Kara's sad that Monel left. Everybody's really upset that Supergirl is crying, and Melissa Benoist does such a great job. I mean, she is dating Chris Woods, so I can see that, you know, emotional, like, you're going away because she actually does have a connection to that actor. She can play that. She can actually burrow into that sadness and like take us on a journey. Now, I found myself going, Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, this and then I was like, wait, it's Monel. And then I realized it wasn't him that I'm sad about. I can care give a crap less. I want Kara happy. And by him leaving, in extension makes her unhappy, which makes us unhappy. So I, you know, let's be on the same plane, everybody. No one give a crap about Monel. We're just sad that Supergirl <laughs> is sad. I was like, weight off my shoulders. <laughs> I just couldn't get myself to care for the storyline any much further. Like, it was like I'd reached a point where all those people who were moving pieces, I was really there for them and less there for the caramel. And I felt like, I just felt like, one thing I have to say about the episode was that there's a lead poisoning. And yeah, he's been in the environment longer, but I just felt like the the Daxamite's allergy to lead was not completely developed or because the no, CEO is, is lined with lead and yep. Manel's been in and out of that the entire time. He should be like having a cough or some asthma from that. <laughs> Something, you know? yeah. And I also thought the fact that you had two extreme reactions, you know, Terry Hatcher somehow couldn't, you know, in her poisoning beam herself up, but all her people managed to do that. And then, well, she, she also was filled with kryptonite, so that might have been a chemical reaction that was not explained. Like chemical <laughs> plus the lead equals, you know, Medusa death. ash, you know, thing. But I just felt like I just felt like the only one who was able to who wasn't able to beam up was Terry Hatcher's character, whereas all the other Daxamites, which we we you know we don't know what they were infected with, STDs. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> they they beamed up right, and she turned to like lead dust, right? And I just was thinking, how uneven is that? You know, they all had the equal amount of exposure, her no more so than others. And then fucking Manel has enough time to jog through the woods to get to some pot on the outskirts of town, and he's barely just kind of got a cough. It's kind of like when you were talking about the makeup department when Alex had drowned and she was, like, in the infirmary and she looked Look. right as rain. I just felt like makeup right there really failed me. I wanted to see a dying Manel. I wanted to be worried for him, and I just wasn't. The fact of the matter is, Melissa's sitting there crying with wet in her hair. It looks all sad. 
and she looks miserable. She looks great with the wet M- in her hair. Monel, on the other hand, she does. Monel, on the other hand, coughing supposedly, looking sad that he has to leave her. I, you know what? I, I I've said this multiple times, and I was always trying, guys. You know this if you're listening to the podcast. You know I try to give Chris Woods uh, as an actor a fair shake. I'm like, you know, there's moments, there's there's uh things that need to be, you know, brought to account. Dude can't act. He's not good at it. <laughs> like I, I, you guys, I said it. There it is. He's he's not good. Like I get him in comic roles. Dude does not know how to emote. As far as like being sad, being upset, being scared. I didn't see any fear in his eyes. I didn't see fear of leaving her. I didn't see fear of the unknown. I didn't see fear of being a traitor. I didn't see um, I'm dying from the inside out. I have asthma, guys. And I'm over here like, oh, oh God, my chest. You know what I'm saying? So like, why is he, why is that not happening? Why can't this actor who is dating Supergirl in real life transform? for his care, dislike, sadness, or whatever, to her. Melissa Benoist does it perfectly. Chris Woods, dude, get in acting class. I can't. I well, can't. I just, I kind of thought that about him. I was thinking, you know, there's there are people who are formally trained in acting and go to college for it and have degrees in it. John I Jones? Can't help, I can't help but wonder if, like, uh, he went to school for it, where he went to school for it, because what kind of a training is it? did he have? Or is he someone who just kind of, like, fell into acting? And I also look at, like, you know, someone who fell into acting is Katie McGrath, and she is a natural, you know? But she so. also takes lessons, guys. I don't know if you know that. She actually continues to take acting lessons. She's not the best actress either, but she's a way more nuanced, doesn't need to do a lot. She knows what she's good at, hence why not a lot of running, not a lot of action. She's not an action <laughs> star, you know? Just don't run. <laughs> well, she knows what she's good at. She knows that she gives it in her eyes and that it's there and that she'll always connect with people. I feel like she's a really good camera actress. And I think that in itself is a skill, whereas maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's a good, no, I don't even know. I don't want to give him anything because I just felt like he's been staring at the camera all year and he's just not connected. You know, Chris Woods, he needs to get a camera and record himself and just watch his performances just because that's what you do when you're training and you're working on to be in L.A. That's how you practice. You practice camera acting. And that's so much different than stage acting because... The, the the camera being in your face at such a tight angle, it picks up so much that those little micro expressions we're always talking about, they are literally like your breath and half breath. And I just feel exactly. like he doesn't have a sense of that, whereas Katie McGrath has a really strong sense of that. Like Kylie really Lee's actually very good at that. Yeah, Kylie Lee's actually very good at it as well, um, picking up the momentum on camera. I mean, we saw it in Grays, we saw it on other stuff, but she knows how to do certain things also she's so into her body as an actor we have to be so connected to our parts that sometimes we might do physical actions that we would do in our daily life but because we know these characters so well we slide it and we do it it makes sense she has i'll get to her when we talk about her but she has something that she did in an episode before that made me predict what was going to happen and she did it again in this one and i was like uh oh <laughs> <laughs> so like it's those small things that pass on information to us guys that's the whole point of acting it's not just like what's in front of you it's the micro expressions this is why we love lena it's the um taking a dumb line and making it good this is why we like jean that's why i like and Cara Magon. as well she did that and really we like well Cara. in the musical car oh, oh my god you almost got me saying Kara. her name's Kara, guys i have an accent <laughs> if you haven't picked that up um okay she says she has an accent she's I just do. saying uh, it it's wrong. a hard knock <laughs> la accent 
Okay, so um, I want to talk You're about Alhambra. <laughs> Let's talk about Sanders. Chris would just man. Ugh, ugh. Dictamite. <laughs> well, before we get to Sanders, <laughs> I'm so excited. What were you, I know she is. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Supergirl and Cat Grant and Supergirl and Rhea? Oh God. Cat Grant is like a linchpin who's been missing. She's the one who's keeping the bomb from exploding, but it exploded all over season two. There it is. I've missed her so badly. I've missed her gentle yet firm talks. I don't understand people who ship Super Cat, but I kind of do. But I also, like, I just feel like I, it makes me want to have an older woman in my life to be like, you are okay in life, and you'll be strong. I just love those. You're saying you want a mentor. Yes. <laughs> See, kids, we can either have a mentor or you can have a sugar mama. I mean, I'm always up for both, but that's just because I need money. I just money. think it's amazing, uh, and I love that relationship, and it's so yes. important to the show. It makes me, like, warm and fuzzy, like, everywhere. And the thing is, I really wanted Rhea to be. I'm moving to Rhea now. I really wanted mm. her to beam up and save herself because... I think if, you know, once we got past the Manel-ish, I think Rhea would have been a fabulous reoccurring villain. You know, save that Daxamite fleet and fight another day. Well, see, the thing is, the reason why I know they weren't going to bring her back, which is a bummer because I love me some Terry Hatcher, I think that Lena Luthor's plight against Supergirl would go null and void because Rhea is such a bad alien it makes Kara look like Jesus. <laughs> so, like, I think that, you know, Lillian would be ending up taking all her Catmus funds <laughs> and trying to kill the Daxamites or people like her, which would be cool if she were to had Larea would have come back because maybe that could have been a redemption arc, which I don't think Lillian's ever going to get. I hope not. She needs to just be an asshole. Are we talking, so about, that, are we talking about Lillian? I love her. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. You do. I was saying that Lillian doesn't have a um, you know redemption arc. She can't because, A, if, she, if you give Lillian a redemption arc, then Lena has no other choice but to be evil. And ain't nobody got time for that. Anyways, I mean, she could be a little bad. She could be a little shady. She could be shady, guys. <laughs> I'm down for Shady McGrath. <laughs> but the thing is, like, I, what I love about Lillian, and I've been thinking about her a lot because I think about her a lot. I love Lillian. Um, I love... I'm sorry, what did you say, Jen? I you love Lillian. She's like, okay, just oh, make it sure. oh, amazing. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, I just think she truly sits in the gray because for every extreme fucked up thing she does, she has a nice couch conversation with Lena. And I just feel like you can really... I, I think that this character started off as a stock villain with so much less depth. She was worse than Rhea at some point. But then we've been getting these last two scenes and the last two scenes in this uh, whole season where they just gave her a lot of story. And I think if I were a producer writer, I'd pick up on that chemistry between her and Katie McGrath. I think that was one of the strongest scenes with... with um, between Lillian. Lillian and Katie McGrath's character, Lena, I thought that was one of the strongest scenes in the finale. And I think that it creates a really cool parallel between uh, Supergirl and Cat Grant and Lillian and uh, Lena. And it's just like what, you know, the kind of person you become when you are influenced by other larger mentors. And I just think that would be such a cool dynamic for season three. Oh, my God. I also, you know, I... I loved, and once again, this episode to me was full of 
nuggets and things that were completely showing you how season three is going to go. Hopefully they look at their own season or their own script and go, oh, we've been laying these traps for yeah, episodes. Yeah. Because there have, honestly, the finale had traps. You know, uh, the finale, you know, did what they did. Now, I know the writer probably says, oh, he hasn't worked on it. He doesn't know what's going to happen. That's not really true because, I mean, in writing, you don't have that much time. I, I mean, have, like, not... seven pitches ready to go. I'm going to go find these exactly. people and be like, do this, do this, do this. Yeah, no, because you know kind of where your story wants to go unless you believe your show's going to get canceled. So there's right. that. And they're over here signing contracts for years, so they're not going anywhere. Well, guys. exactly. Look at Supernatural, Arrow, Season 5, going on 6, Supernatural, Season and going on 14. let's be honest, Arrow Season 4 was not that great, guys. Um, and so there's always going to be a shitty uh, season. I think that this was a shitty season, and hopefully they get new writers and they get some fresh blood in there because they need to have you like, can't sustain a show on um, bad guys and Sanders and the occasional, um, you know, reoccurring Super Bowl villain. Moment. Yeah, but you know what? You, they need to have like a season autopsy where they take a hot second and look at what works mm-hmm. versus what doesn't work. It's, they it's should do like, a roundtable with their fans. I'm telling you, like right. get a full gamut of everybody because. I think they'll really hear how the show is actually going. Being perceived. And I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that's like a really great idea. All shows should do that, especially on the CW, since they have such a small niche fandom that really know what they like. You know what I mean? And then they could know how to be a, a good show as opposed to cheesy or giving us what they think we want, blah, blah, blah. Because um, we all know Supergirl's the weakest out of all the DCs right now, and that's a bummer. It's a bummer. Because she's the only... She's the only girl, well, besides Sarah Lance, and that doesn't really count because it's an ensemble right. show. Yeah. Even though this is, I know people are like, it's Supergirl show. Technically, guys, they did pitch it as an ensemble with Supergirl. So get over yourself. Well, but, can oh, I like, just throw in something more? One yeah, more thing about Lillian. I just oh, loved yes, her Lee. in the last two scenes. I loved her connection with Lita. I loved how Lena's like, that's the first truthfully honest thing you've ever said to me. And I love the bitter drinking. I love the bitter little sass from um, Lena to Lillian. I love that. I want more of that. And I would love to see Lillian because she took, she did something. She betrayed Lena yet again. <laughs> it's so funny. She's like, she really you know, Lillian's like, you can be the Luther who saves the world. But then she turns around and takes credit for the lead poisoning glitter bomb that Lena created. And um, I feel like what I would love to see, since this show loves politics so much, I would love to see, um, now I know they teased a villain in its reign, and we'll talk about that later in life, but I would love to see, instead of looking outward, to look inward for season three, and I would love the antagonist to come from Earth instead of space, and I think this would be perfect for Lillian. She should become a populist, anti-alien leader who runs against the president. I'm just saying, that would be a really cool storyline. She That'd should be run actually really against fiery. the president for the presidency with a populist hate anti-alien message. If you want to go political, bam, I blew up your world. Let me go pitch that to the uh, writers right now. I'm She'll be right back. I'll be right back. Hot second. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> That's what I think Lillian should happen. And then you have like a great conflict. I think that would be cool. Um, okay, uh, so let's see. Who else do we have in this? Oh, random piece you know who i really like thought was adorable in this even though i need to see more of it uh win i love i love i love win's man crush i love the fact that him and lena could get nerdy together i actually really like that dynamic and i really wish they would do more with that because it would be cool to see a guy and a girl 
what kids be friends and actually get to know each other through intellectual properties and properties, intellectual topics. And, you know, they will get each other because they're the only two that are that smart. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I think that Lena has it over Wynn because Wynn could only really function the Stargate machine, whereas Lena built it. The thing. Well, true, but also Wynn knows who Supergirl is, and Lena clearly can't figure that out. That so I'm gonna give that. <laughs> so I'm gonna give that point to Wynn, <laughs> making him smarter over Lena. But you know, Sorry, one guys. of the things is like I really don't want to see that relationship become a romantic one because no, I just want to see a I damn don't. smart buddy, like a guy who can hang out with a girl and talk because she's smart, not because oh I I need a he has a girlfriend now, you know what I'm saying? He has Lyra. Yeah, and, and I so love him he and needs Lyra. A, They're so good. Yeah, he needs a badass girlfriend who can fight because he's kinda wimpy. But he should have a friend who's not just Kara or James, who's also on his level. He can't talk to Kara nor James the way that he could talk to Lena because he doesn't have to dumb things down or water things down. He can just be like the poly ion, you know, isotopes remain stable and both. She's like, yeah, I totally get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like, yeah, he doesn't have to be like the the nugget will explode if it touches this wire. But you know what? I, 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 w- cool. I think I would love to see in season three is Lena hang out with super friends and get drunk with Alex <laughs> and Maggie. <laughs> I think they, they could that, drink. I, I you, know what, no, you know what? You know what? It would be Sanders on protective detail over Lena Luther. So they have to watch her, and she's like, I don't need to be babysitted. And they're like, we don't want to babysit you. But they end up all getting together and, like, maybe talking about Kara. Getting drunk. Talking about them getting drunk, you know. It'd be funny. Like, they have to go undercover, and they take her to sushi. I don't know, guys. I, I think it'd be great. Like, little subtext, uh, double dates, Sanders, and super color. There it is. It'd be. But, you know, what? here's my thought about that, okay? You know, I, I was really offended as in that episode, the, fi- the finale, when um, Kara's emoting, first of all, Kara's pain over Manel, I felt was so overdone steak with ketchup on the side. It wasn't funny. Because I just thought, like, I, I feel like Kara has, th- after she lost Manel, she had three really good pep talks from Alex, from Superman, and from Catco. You know, telling her she's great and she, what she's done has so much value. You know what I mean? And I just yeah. feel like, I felt like, I felt like I would love to get to a, I felt like all three scenes, you only needed one of those scenes. You didn't need three back-to-back-to-back scenes of people validating her. And I think that's where they, the writers kind of, kind of screw up with women, you know? They don't give They us- get really heavy-handed on the, um, oh, we got to make sure she's not all sad. Let's get a bunch. It's like, she'll get over it. Also, you know, Alex kind of said it, who exactly how um, Supergirl is going to be. She goes, when you said I'm proud of you, it didn't help at the time. But then it felt good to know that that was there. So that, I personally think that Supergirl, I mean Supergirl, Superman's speech as a cousin should have been more like, man, he was also way too heavy-handed on the whole, you're stronger than me thing. Um, But like, once again, it should have been like, look, you are tougher than me. Not stronger. They should have said, you're tougher than me. You emotionally handle this. I could never let Lois go like that. And come to it as a cousin conversation, not a Superman to Supergirl conversation. They're family. That should have felt more familiar. And then the big sister coming in with the little, you know, one-two punch, like, he's right, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
I, it didn't feel good when you said, I'm proud, but I'm proud of you, and left it at that. And then she did her whole thing. We didn't really need the We didn't, we didn't, we didn't need all. a triple talk from Kara. It could have been, it could have just been a one-two punch. Also, I'm, like, sad for her because she was like, everybody in my life is in a happy relationship. But, you know, the writers left out Lena and James. They're miserable. <laughs> 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 and, you know, I want to see... Kara go to Lena's office and be like, I lost my boyfriend, and I want to see that hug. And you know what it is? It's because they both had to kill their boyfriends or, like, exterminate, let them go go at their own hands. And actually, that was such a moment where Lena was just like, oh, my God. Her giving Kara the agency to let Manel go, I thought was, like, beautiful. It was gorgeous. Well, that would have been been a better conversation, too. If you're going to do three conversations... Then there should have been one from uh, Lena because she already knows that Kara's boyfriend was going to be unable to stay on the planet. So knowing that, knowing that the bomb went off, which means, oh, my God, she had to get, you know, Supergirl got rid of her boyfriend. She should have called her and be like, are you okay? Do you want to talk? Is there anything you need? Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. As a friend, if we wanted to see that. Or just send some flowers, you know. I would have been cool with that. Uh, donuts and flowers but you know what i feel like i feel like that's what they're going to give us in season three but i also think that to for Kara to be so short-sighted that she can't see that her best friend just killed jack's deer for supergirl in like three up four episodes ago i felt like that was just like that was like a blur in the writing duh these women have such parallels instead of dividing have them unite a bit yeah, exactly. Um, um, who else did we have in this episode that was doing stuff? Well, okay. I, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Lena because I talked about her mother, who I love, but I haven't talked about her. I'm sorry, what? Who do you love? I love Lillian. Okay, she's checking. <laughs> Hashtag love Jen Lillian. Loves Lillian. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like this weird... Never mind. Um, okay. We don't have time for that on no, this No, we don't. We really too. don't. We don't. Okay. <laughs> but like what I was thinking was that... Okay. Here's the thing. These two actresses have amazing chemistry, and if I were a writer for the show, being a screenwriter in my own right, um, I would absolutely go to Andrew, whoever, who produces, Andrew Christopher, and I would absolutely pitch them together in, in a romantic way. But I think it would be really cool to see in season three for Lena to kind of come to a realization that she does love Kara in that way. Because I and, and just to leave it at that, unrequainted for a while. Because here's the thing: Katie McGrath is like casted as a season regular, and she has a contract for three years, which means three years from now it's gonna be like 2020, which means like in three years that should be cool, right? <laughs> it should be fine, right? By then, <laughs> by then we should be so okay with this idea of these amazing strong women with like connections being together in their own fucking show. So, Hashtag Supergirl 2020. 2020, run for that. Um, so I just think, like, you know, maybe society might choke and giggle a little at the idea of it right now, but in three years from now, would we really? And why why do we have to keep having these Rizzoli Isles endings of oblivious, stupid subtext? Why can't we just, like, grow up a little and be cool with this, you know? So that's all. That's my thought. All right. Um, and you, oh, we're getting there. It's it's that time, Jen. Hmm. Sanvers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Okay, I'll let you take point because you love Alex. 
Like, I, I love Lily. I really, really do. <laughs> um, I'm not going to squeal over it, but I do. You can squeal. Although, this I'm not going to lie. I support when I heard, <laughs> Thank you. When I heard her go, marry me, I was like, <laughs> I was. <laughs> I made some dumbass and I was like, <gasps> I was like, this, <laughs> I was like, you were a little Asian anime character too. We were both like, <laughs> just like freaking out. It was awful. Um, it was ridiculous. But I said, yee. and then the the thing that uh, Kyler did that I was like, Uh-oh. let's be honest, guys. There might be a wedding later on, possibly into season three. That'd be fine. Nobody would mind. The thing is, there's two things that happened in that scene, and it was only thirty seconds long. If you go, if you go back to um, when Alex got rejected by Maggie the first time, and she goes, "Are you okay?" After she kisses her, she goes, uh, "Yeah, yeah, sure." Um, she does this like it's, and we all do it when we're lying or we're trying to convince people otherwise. We'll shake our head, but like people don't realize that when you're uncomfortable, you'll shake your head no instead of yes. So. She was saying yes, like, are you okay? And she goes, yes, but she was shaking her head no, and then looked down and then left. She was like, no, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, but that's human nature to try to mask your internal feelings. Some That's why when people lie, you know, they say try not to, you know, you could always tell if they say something, but their head's doing something else. Well, she did the same thing during the proposal. She goes, will you marry me? And that was the first time that was normal. The second time after Floriana goes, wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> She goes, marry me, but the way she's doing it, she's shaking her head no. She's um, shaking her head going, marry me, because she doesn't really intend, not that she doesn't intend to marry Maggie or propose, she's doing it out of obligation to Kara and not letting her girlfriend go. And in that way, it was the only way she could make Kara happy by solidifying something with her and Maggie. Now... Everybody's like, oh, my God, Floriana or Maggie's dimples say yes. Um, but the cut says we don't know until season three. And to me, I think that in that moment, she is excited for that. And she's more in love with the idea that Alex thinks they can go there. I am 100% sure that Maggie will say yes, just not now. Or she will say yes. They might have an episode where they're fully engaged. And then she goes, babe, we got to slow down. Are you are you asking me because you really want to be with me? Or are you asking me because you want to make your sister feel good? Because we all know that is Alex's number one default is to make sure her sister's happy over her own. So I think that, yes, we might get a little bit of that, um, that engagement kind of whatever, and then it's going to f- not happen. But I am 100% sure that when the proposal does happen, it's going to come from Maggie because... Alex said, I love you first. She proposed first. Alex is doing all this perpetuating quickly. We got to remember, she's a baby gay. She's new to everything. So to me, when they actually get proposed, I think it's going to come from Maggie. I feel like the same. I actually think that I looked at that scene and I was like, there's a no at the end of that proposal. I don't like this is I, I, I love actually the way you, you, you kind of broke that down right now because I didn't think about it that far. But um, I just feel like we're going to start season three and Maggie's going to have said no. I don't know. I feel like this is going to be her gut reaction. Maggie's going to tell her, no, you're, you're, you're emoting, you're feeling all these things, you know, like I feel like she's going to tell Alex that she's rushing into things and that she doesn't mean it. Or I feel like Maggie's going to say no because she's got issues with commitment that have been kind of 
teeth. So I think there's two ways you can do it. I think that, I think the illogical way to say no because I have issues with commitment is a very tropey as fuck thing. So yeah. when I think of CW, I'm like, oh, that's the way they're going to go. <laughs> I, I just think that, I just think that they're going to, I don't know, I, for some reason with the character, the, writing, the way they're writing Maggie, I think that they're actually going to do like a yes and then a, a quick no, like to reverse it. It's not going to be like a, she might go, yes, yes, yes. And then later I see them because they like to have their indoor coffee talks of importance with Sanders all the time in the couch and their bourbon. So they might sit down and actually have a full conversation about it. And I don't think it's going to be bad. Like I'm rejecting you. Like the first time we saw Maggie and Alex, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a, I am so excited that you talked about it. We can talk about marriage. We can, we can talk about this, but how about we move in together first? Or sh- I think she's going to counter the proposal with a different, a, 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 a greater significant proposal, but also less. Maybe Maggie will go, we can't, we're not ready to get married yet, but what about this dog, Gertrude? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Actually, that right there, I think, was a really... I think it'll be countered with a a smaller offer, if you will. But it was very adorable to see, but because it was also out of the blue, because during the Alex thing, we thought we'd get a proposal because that just seemed like life or death. So you can't go from, I love you, a week later, let's get married. That's just ridiculous. Even in lesbian terms, you know what I'm saying? So, I and they have been dating for like a year almost. They've been together so, for a while. So I get that could be a natural thing. People go, it's too quick. In their timeline, technically, nine months a year it might seem quick to some people, but they're 30. So, um, or almost 30, as Alex says. So that's so not you should as... just get married when you're 30. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm a bridesmaid and I'm 32. How dare you? How dare you touch my soul and hurt my feelings all the same time? <laughs> Nobody wants me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't uh, have dimples. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I actually think you have some wonderful points. She has some wonderful points. I think that pretty much for me sums up what I experienced in the final finale. Anything yeah. else for you? Um, yeah, no. As far as this finale is concerned... Um, I liked it. I actually thought they did a good job. Oh, sorry, guys. We didn't mention this, but we'll do a brief. My thing is, okay, I like Superman and Supergirl fighting. I'm down for it. I love seeing the um, visual representation of everything. Awesome. What I don't like, can we get a new stunt coordinator? Fuck. Cry out loud. Yeah. Because, okay, guys, they're just swinging their arms around. (laughs) Literally. just I, swing. I see five-year-olds doing this in the market. Just swinging their arms around, just kind of spinning around, doing their own thing. Guys, I want to see some full-on punching in the face. I want to see more uppercuts. I want to see more throws. Can we get some Injustice League kind of fighting in here for those of you who play that video game? Actually, I'm going to play Injustice a lot of League? that game over the break. I'm going to play And they Kara. actually have Superman and, and, and Kara, or Supergirl, fighting each other in the Injustice League 2, by the way, if you don't know that. And, I mean, you saw it in the beta if you guys have that. Downloading it now. But, like, seriously, though, uh, yeah, that was a better fight than Supergirl. I liked them in the water. I liked them destroying the city because they can. I just needed more. Also, the idea of, like, Superman's stronger than Supergirl, blah, 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 man stronger than woman. Fine, fine, fine. Um, Actually, I got really annoyed with that shit. 
Well, I, I do too, but it's so like many this dudes it's online were like, he's he's so he's so much stronger. That's a bullshit. I was like, fuck you. And you're uh, I'm pretty sure that POV. Ronda Rossi could uh, knock most dudes out, even the ones who bitch and say she sucks because she lost. Uh, but I'm 100% sure that woman could still whoop most of the dudes' asses in America. Well, here's the um, thought. So that whole idea of only, you know, women are only going to be so strong. There are some women who are stronger than some men. So get that out of your heads. You know, right. as far as the fight is concerned, I don't care that it's Supergirl fighting Superman or that she won. It's her show. She better win. What I don't like is how they're fighting. I think it looks cheesy. I think it looks childish. Um, she's been Supergirl for a year. Yeah, he's been Super uh, Superman longer. Doesn't mean he's been training. Doesn't mean, I'm sure he's used to just fighting folks after a while. But, like, she is getting taught how to fight. She's getting better. I want to see that. I don't want to see swinging like an impatient child. I want to see planned, as the kids say, strategery. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to see it planned. Also, if you can beat Superman, how the hell can't you beat Rhea? <laughs> Rhea, I know, I know, I know. And, and and people are like, what, is she sweating and the kryptonite's getting, making Carl weak every time she hits her? All I know is that is absolute bullshit. Every time she fought Rhea, she was, she pretty much lost. Somebody had to come in and save her ass. She didn't beat Rhea in this fight. She just hit her enough to detonate the bomb that kills everybody. So no, Kara was not stronger than Superman if she can't even beat Rhea. And if you're going to have Supergirl beat Superman, make her stronger. And therefore, she should have beaten Rhea a different way. You know, not just smart. It's not that she's just smart. She can have brawn too, guys. So, as far and in the comic books, yes, there are certain venues where Supergirl is stronger than Superman. There are certain things that Superman is stronger than and has more knowledge than Kara. But also, if we're going by that logic, why is Batman beating Superman as well? Because he's just human. So, the the excuses of oh he's Superman he should be stronger are kind of invalid in the comic book realm because there are too many people who have whooped Superman's ass who aren't human or who are less stronger than Kara or Supergirl. So it, it, they also that's something the writers need to go back in as well. They need to look at that. Let's be let's have some consistency writers. That's my thing. So so I, I actually thought I really enjoyed Tyler Hoechlin as um, Superman. I really really enjoyed it actually. I thought he was such a great Superman. He um, is a good Superman. I thought he was so good. Like my one of my, I like Chris Reeves. I like the guy from something Roth. He's on Arrow now. I liked him a lot. Um, but this guy Tyler oh, Hoechlin. He's on uh, Legends. Legends. Yeah, of Legends. Tomorrow. He I actually kind of want to see a Superman show over a Legion show. Just saying. Like, <laughs> yes, because who was asking for Legion? No one was Nobody. asking for Legion. They were trying but to get us to wanna, want the Legion. We don't want but it. But the thing is, I also don't want a Superman show on the CW somewhere else. I'm down for it. I don't want it on CW because then everybody's going to be like, oh, see, Superman, they're going to write to a male character, and it's going to be a better show than Supergirl because they're going to do the usual stock. He's a man, so we don't have to do other, any of these dumbass things that we've been doing to Supergirl. We don't have to affect the outcome of that show because he's a man. Supergirl, they are always trying to affect her actual character by all this other bullshit that nobody cares about as opposed to treating her like she's Superman. So if they had a Superman show, it'd be fine. I'm sure people will watch it. Everybody likes Tyler, but I think it would take away from Supergirl. Well, I just felt like Manel didn't do it. 
back to one hell for a hot second. I just felt like he didn't do enough to make me want to watch a Legion show. Nope. I wouldn't want to watch so anything that's, also a problem. that's a Legion. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the most part, I think that, um, <laughs> there, there goes Jen answering her delivery. Girl can't get out of a pizza if, you know, life depended on it. But that's off topic. Um, so anyways, guys, that is the episode. We enjoyed this finale. We enjoyed having, um, I don't know, just, we enjoyed it. It was fun. It was challenging. This whole season has been a pain in the ass. Um, there are things that we can't wait to see in season three. There are things that we hope they leave in season two. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with the Martians. I'm happy that they're together. Um, I know that a lot of people are weirded out because it's like in the comics and in the cartoons, Justice League uh, and all that stuff, they were, um, you know, niece and uncle or whatever. They're but related. But the thing is, they're not related. They're comp- like one's a white Martian who can shapeshift. He can shapeshift into anything. So she decided to shapeshift into a beautiful woman so that Martian Manhunter can get some action. So I'm not mad about it. I love the actresses. I like the actress and... You know, I need um, to see both those actresses, actor and actresses, in like a, in like a Broadway version of Fences because they are that fucking good. I love everything about <laughs> I don't know about Fences, but I definitely love everything they got going on. I, um, I think I would just love to see them actually do some work together. I think they'd be amazing. yeah. I I want to see some better scenes with them. Uh, I also just want to say I don't know why Lyra was not in this episode. I was thinking the, the same thing. Like, where the hell she go? Like, right. <laughs> I'm like, like, Wynn was over here trying to kill the Daxamites, but was not worried about his girlfriend. Super convenience. Anyways, um, yeah. And if they are doing Legion, then next season we will also be getting a more heavy Lyra story. So hopefully they don't make her, you know, too big. But big enough that we get her story, but not big enough to where it's distracting. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, any last thoughts? Because we're about to wrap this uh, up. No, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Thank you, everyone. I just want to, here's my last thought. I want to thank everyone who's listened to this. We really, really enjoyed just doing this with you. And I can't wait to be back for season three. We're going to be doing Winona Earp next, June 9th. Mm-hmm. It's going to be our next show. And we're also going to be doing Orange is the New Black. Please tune in for that. And if you want to just catch up with us, or if you're just discovering us, Jen and Adair at What About That?, we have a podcast that's also available on iTunes, so you can put us in your ears, take us to the gym. We'll talk to you. Um, and you can always reach us on Twitter as well. <laughs> that's It's true. We what will about end- underscore that? At what about underscore that, yeah. So this has been lovely, and I can't wait to see what happens in season three. It's been great. Yeah, um, and once again, thank you guys for subscribing. Continue to click the thumbs up. Leave us comments of what you're wanting to hear, what, you know, things you want to see. I see that you guys loved our top five, Lena and Alex. So we're going to be bringing you guys in the future some more top fives. We're going to be doing some more features and stuff for you guys. Soon we're thinking about doing an Instagram um, and stuff like that. So, you know, just stay tuned. We have stuff in the works. We'll be taking a bit of a break, but like preparing for the next two weeks of awesomeness that is about to, you know, erupt in your ears. Be (laughs) unleashed. Uh, and we might be doing soon also a promo for Defenders so that you guys can get a sense of yes. what we're thinking about that. Yeah. So just stay tuned. Keep clicking. Keep subscribing. And hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter and make sure you hit that bell we icon We are a good at the time. Bottom. We want to drink with all of you Ray and Lena style. There it is. 
Um, I don't mind getting a foot massage by all of you. Just kidding. I don't mind drinking. That'll be fine as well. Uh, <laughs> I have high demand. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see you guys later uh, from the East Coast to the West Coast. Have a good night. Uh, and yeah, ask yourself, what about that? Bye.